We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kyrie Irving is now a Dallas Maverick paired with Luka Doncic. What a, Brian, what a, what a, what a combo. Dallas, by the way, uh, top 10 in offense or ninth in offense, seamless basketball fit. Uh, Miami didn't get in the game for that. It looks like Lakers uh, looked like they were second place. Uh, LeBron is out here tweeting emo tweets. He's like, am I the problem here? (laughs) LeBron with the Taylor Swift. uh, <laughs> With the most insightful self awareness I've seen him have this side of the 2010 finals, yeah. I'm listen. I'm I'm a little I'm a little concerned um, that concerned for who couldn't. Well, oh, for Miami, I mean, the, West, the Western Conference really. I mean, if we're being honest, I mean the the league. Has I'm never, concerned for Dallas. If I'm concerned for anybody right now, well, I'm really concerned that like so few teams really really put up like a real offer for him. And it makes me kind of wonder how slow is this trade deadline going to be? Because typically like when a guy like that becomes available, I don't care the baggage. People have never cared about kind of the baggage with guys like that. You know what I mean? It's always like when a guy that good becomes available, you always think I can fix her. You know, everyone's the organization that is like, I can fix her. And with a supremely talented guy like him, it just, yeah. I mean, bro, one first round pick, Robert Covington went for like three or four. You know what I mean? Like he three. For, he went for two what? and was like a protected he went for two. one. Gobert went for three. I mean, I remember, I'm old enough to remember Terrence Ross going for a first round pick. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm old enough to remember role players going for a first round pick. Bro, he's still in the magic. It's crazy. Um, Man, yeah, I think magic. he probably is. Honestly, he's like so beloved. I live in Orlando, so he's beloved here. I'm not a magic fan, but he is beloved here. I don't know if they'll ever get rid of him. He's like their Udonis has him at this point. He's like their forever veteran. Because they don't have anyone else on that team, uh, but I think for the for the Heat, like in terms of like them going after Kyrie, I think there were reports that upper management was basically like not signing off on it. And I think part of it is because if they were going to get in this ball game, they probably could have put together a package of Lowry, a f- maybe a first or two first round picks, and whatever other salary that they would need to fit to make that work. And sure, could have worked. And you sweep out, you switch out your point guard situation, and you get better scoring, you get help for for Bam and Jimmy. Yeah, that's nice. But I think we know specifically what the issues on this team are, and it's the front court depth. Like they don't have any front court depth outside of Bam. Like Caleb Martin is a wing that's playing four, and we don't really think he should start. I mean, he's not like bad, but he's in the wrong role, and, that, and that's pretty much the point that we've kind of um, hammered along with this team for you know God knows since the start of the season, since PJ Tucker left, basically. 
Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to our Bleacher Report audience. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today, my producer and co-founder, Brian Goins. We are of the Miami Heat Beat podcast. This is our 10th year covering the team, the league. We are very, very happy and excited to bring you coverage here from Bleacher Report. We are here to talk trade deadline. The Miami Heat are one of the premier franchises of this league, a flagship, a cornerstone of sports globally. And we're here to talk about what the hell they're going to do this trade deadline, we have Pat Riley, Andy Ellsberg, the cap guru. You know, the Heat struck out on Kyrie Irving, whether or not they wanted him. That's a different conversation. But we have things to talk about. Chat's already popping. And for the 305, it's like, we need to do something. And I don't want KD, which that's a different conversation. Uh, NYY we, we'll to We'll talk Miami about says, that. We'll, we'll probably talk about that. You got people in chat saying, get Van Vliet, Bogdanovich, and Nerlens Noel. I sure want that. Other people are like, Pat Riley's washed. Seawalk says, Duncan Robinson on the team. We should trade him. It's not that easy, but we have a lot of stuff to get to, Brian. A lot of trades to go. Where do you want to start? We have the whole league around here. Where where the hell are we starting? I, so... Of course, your camera. This always happens on our on our live streams too on Twitch. It comes in. It's gonna come back in. No, I'm back. I'm but back. I think, I'm back. We're good. Um, so I think personally, the trade that we want the most is OG Ananobi, right? I feel like that's a, besides Kevin Durant, the second like like prize in this uh, trade, you know, deadline is gonna be OG Ananobi for the Heat, and he fills a lot of the boxes that Miami kind of needs in terms of what we were talking about earlier, the front court depth. So I think we should try to find what Miami could put together to bring OG Nananobi to the Heat. Obviously, other teams are going to go after him. I've heard reports that maybe the Nets might now consider going after him now that they traded Kyrie and they have now three first-round picks that they can offer, two from Philly and one from now uh, Dallas. And they also have a couple of good wing players that they could also package in that deal that maybe might um, make, uh, might make the Raptors happy. Honestly, for the Heat... I think you have to go with two first-round picks. That's that's basically what has to be built around, and possibly Tyler Hero. I don't right, want to trade Tyler playing. Hero if we have to, but I feel like that might need to be that might be the case. Could you explain um, to the audience Miami's pick situation because they have two first-round sure. picks available to trade, and maybe the audience might not understand what that means. Why can't they trade a third? Yeah, so Miami currently has two unprotected first-round picks that they can trade in the year 2023, which is this coming off season. And then year 2029, um, the NBA basically allows you to trade up until seven years, uh, seven seasons ahead of you. Um, and then with the step in rule, you can only trade first round picks every other off, every other season. So right now Miami has only one pick that they have to still, um, it's, it's a conditional first round pick that they traded in the package to bring Jimmy Butler. When they end up getting traded to Los Angeles Clippers Clippers moved it to uh, facilitate the deal to bring Paul George to them. So now it's in OKC. Um, Miami last offseason, um, they originally had it protected at 2023 and with an agreement by trading Kazeyapala to OKC, it's now unprotected. 20- it's not unprotected yet, but it's a conditional first-round pick in 2025 that can be unconditional in 2026 if it's not you know dealt by them. So basically where, where we're at is they need to somehow convince OKC, hey, unprotect this pick for us so that we can um, now trade three unprotected first round picks rather than two. Cause if they can get OKC's help by unprotecting that 2025 pick that's still out there, then they have basically every other pick and every other season besides 2025 to use to their advantage. So they can do a combination of tw- year 2023, 2027, 2029 to get those three first round picks that they can trade 
for pretty much anybody they want. And I think that's possible. Um, you have to basically give OKC something in return. So, I mean, we probably won't go into that in this edition, but just save for, for heaven's sake, like trade a, a second round pick, which you have two that they can trade in the years 2028 and 2029. Is that enough to get OKC to budge in and not protect that pick? Probably, I think, right? Who's who's to know? Chat, by the way, raring to go for trades. Loveless says Kyle Lowry needs to go. Oblivion says, for the love of God, trade Lowry. G. Rodriguez says Lowry is going to be hard to dump, and Robinson Hurt doesn't count. Shout out to Deke. Says Miami Heat beat on BR. That's OG right there. We appreciate the okay. love from our audience. Zach wants them to go for Siakam. Uh, so, Brian, let's just get started. I, I think we know. Listen, everybody knows that I'm a Kyle Lowry guy. I'm the Kyle Lowry apologist. He's a 36-year-old point guard who's probably going to be the centerpiece as a, as a contract to move for these deals. So let's get into constructing something here. You're the cap guy. You're the cap guru over here. How do we make okay. this work? How can we bring OGN and Nobi to Biscayne Bay? Yeah, so I think I, I think if we're going to make this move, let's start, let's start with at least Kyle Lowry. Let's start with like the basic, the bare minimum. I think it has to be Kyle Lowry's in this package, right? Okay, so then Kyle I think for sure as salary. Right, his 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 twenty eight million. Then I think. I don't know. Do you think they would want a wing like Kayla Martin back to replace the the you know OG Anunoby like hole? Do you think that would work for them? If you're the Raptors, you're a Raptors sort of a Raptors fan. So like, is that I mean, something you a, think they would want? He's a young player. I mean, who's who's kind of heard who's on a pretty decent contract. So. I think that's one of Miami's more attractive pieces to get back in a deal because I think you can flip him down the line. Okay. Let's I, let's I put him in Miami the deal. Would, I think Miami might be hesitant to put him in, but let's let's try to be fair to Toronto here. So we have okay. Kyle so, and we have Caleb. So that's 28.3 million, 6.4. Um obviously that's more money than OG Nanobi makes, which I think is like 17. What is he making right now? 17.3 million. So obviously you need to get something back in return. Uh, the other player that obviously has been rumored um, is either Fred Van Vliet or Gary Trent Jr. in terms of pieces that they might also move. Gary Trent um, has an option um, after the season, so he can become a free agent. I think if between I mean, both of them have player options. So uh, maybe let's try to do Gary Trent Jr. I don't think Fred Van Vliet probably makes it in this deal if I were Miami, unless they probably include Tyler Hero. If I were, if I were the Raptors, I think that's what I would want. If you're trading both those guys and those are your big chips, outside of obviously Pascal Siakam, that's probably the guy you would want. Well, Brian, um, at least one of the things that one of the things I would say is is I think if you're Miami and if you're Toronto, you want to ask for somebody like Jovich. And I think yes. I think a construction of that makes a little bit more sense for Toronto. I agree. I, think, I mean, basically he was a first round pick this year. So in a way, Miami only has two they can trade until they get OKC's help. Um, so I, I would agree that yeah, if he if he, Miami wants to get in this game. They're going to need to put together some package of young players to them. Obviously, they took a shot on Precious last, or not last offseason, but the year before. I think um, I think they could make it work. I also with... think, Brian, what you need to do is make sure that both teams stay under the luxury tax. While that might that's not true. be fun for fans to kind of to kind of talk about, I do think that that's something that that both teams are going to be pretty interested in. So something that yes. I think you and I came up with yesterday. You know, obviously Miami is not going to look to keep Dwayne Dedman. He's the guy that can be waived by the Raptors and not kind of put them over the salary cap. And I think you need one more minimum to make this work. Let's include, let's include Omer Yurt 7. 
yeah. uh, or, or or Max Struess. Let's just use Max as as a pretty good player to make that work. This is a trade that works for both teams. It keeps them under the luxury tax. I think it, it makes sense. You know, you re- they can reroute Kyle maybe to the Clippers, and they could get something they like. They can get reunited with him. You know, obviously Miami has to include some draft equity, as we talked about the two or the three first-round picks. If you're Miami, you get to keep Tyler Hero. You know, you send away Max, who's a rotation player, Jovic, who's a project but an attractive young piece, Deadman, who's just salary filler. And I think you, what you do is you get both teams under the luxury tax, which I think is, is pretty important. You know, as Herbert says in chat, Bam is untouchable. Uh, we pair Bam, the untouchable with OG Ananobi, who is going to yeah. be a cornerstone. At put power in the picks. Put in the picks too, because you actually did picks on this. Um, I can do on picks. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah. Uh, on Bleacher Report, on, on the left side. Yeah, we got picks. So let's put so round the 2023 first round pick. Make it unprotected. Or it doesn't matter. 2024 first round. Pick, uh, not 2024. Right? You have the stepping rule, so that's, you can't do 2024. True. Um, I think you can go on the, the right side and, and disable it. Yeah. Can I? There we go. Yeah, you can. So this 2024, we're undoing that, and it's 2026. We can do Correct. no. You have to because 2025 is the one that's up, up in the year. Next that's true. One would so have 2027. 2027 or 2029. 2027 can only be possible if they get OKC's help. But let's let's say for you know for this argument that they got OKC's help. Then yes, they could trade those both those picks. They can even trade the 2029 if, if the Raptors really want three first round picks. But personally, I feel like that might be too much for Miami because that basically empties so, out all their assets in the future. I think that works. I worry that Miami gets outbid for that. Uh, chat wants to keep Max Struess. Tamika Garrett says keep Max Struess. AJ says trade well, ain't happening, but it's cool to dream of the possibilities. Um, think about it, but, listen, Ma- but Gary Trent replaces Max Struess. Max Struess is up. F- Basically, he's going to be up for an extension after the season. I mean, if you're Gabe Miami, Vincent. you can't keep all three of them. You got to get rid of one of them. And especially if you're going to pay either Gabe Vincent or Max Drews, you have to trade one of them, I think, in this package. What makes us complicated for their for their deadline is you have guys like Max Drews, who's on a minimum, Gabe Vincent, who's on a minimum, and you yeah. have Victor Oladipo, who's up for a contract. Now, you can't really – well, trading Oladipo becomes a little complicated, even though a salary figure makes sense to trade – because yeah. you know he has a no trade clause because he signed a one year deal. That's just something that's auto included in one year deal. Yeah. So it's on a one year deal wanna... with player option, so that player option gives him basically veto veto rights. Um, same exactly. with like a lot of one year one of a lot of players that sign one year deals like Udonis has not have the same thing. It's not like uncommon. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
So, um, so that's, I think that's the most, I think that's the best offer that Miami can feasibly put together for Toronto. I think it keeps both teams under the luxury tax, which I keep stressing is really, yep. really huge. Well, I guess it says yeah. that Toronto's over the luxury tax, but I think they can, I think you said they can. They're they not can over wave. luxury tax. So I'll tell you exactly what their numbers are. So Miami currently is $192,000, almost roughly 193 below the luxury tax, which is very close. They're pushing near it. Uh, I think unlike the take... Raptors, they're 4.4 million away from the luxury tax. So if you're Miami, you would want to try to see if you can send out extra salary like we did in this trade. So that doesn't push the Raptors over luxury tax, but still gives you a little more breathing room so that you can go because you're giving up four players in this deal. You need to sign two other players to re- to replenish the the piece you just gave away. And I think so also one of them is Orlando Robinson, but they need to sign somebody else. They can do that. They say here it says they're over one and a half, but you could remove Max and make that work. So that's a yeah, that's something could. that Toronto and I believe that they can do something with waving Deadman as well. So I think that this kind of is what a deal with Toronto, the construction would look like. Um, Heat Life says I trade Lowry for a Toronto water boy, which is a little mean to Kyle, who's played really well last year, not really good this year. But I understand the fan sentiment of wanting him gone. Uh, skip to my scoop says Gabe can go. I think that. You know, I think if they do make a deal with one of these guys, it's going to be who Miami wants to keep or who they feel is going to be most affordable kind of in the offseason here. So, um, all right, Brian, let's yeah. let's what, I can't what's verify another... that those tax numbers are accurate, by the way, because I'm looking that's not accurate. But we'll, we'll just okay, say well, for for sake um, that they you can are... you can fudge the numbers a bit to make it yeah. so that both teams are under the luxury tax. Uh, Brian, do you want to do you want to head over to Utah? Because there's a couple guys there that I think are kind yeah. of interesting for Miami. I think so, too. There's actually a rumor that Miami might be interested in bringing back Kelly Olenek. Obviously, Miami had him for a couple of seasons, especially that year they went for the finals. Um, he played a couple of games in the finals when um, Bam went out. So obviously, there's history there. We've covered him before in the past. I personally wouldn't mind bringing him back. I know players on the team potentially want him back. So, yeah, let's try to find a way to bring him home if, if possible, because he signed. A, I think he signed an extension last offseason with the Pistons before he got traded to Utah. So now he's there. He's starting. I know I've I seen him basically starting to, um, for that Utah team. Uh, so, yeah, I think what would you want to trade? Because I think personally, if I was going to make this trade, it'd be hard to make this trade without Duncan Robinson, personally, because I don't know if I'm, if I'm Miami, if I would want to trade players like Caleb um, and, well, I mean, you do Caleb Dedman, but then I feel like that you, you basically, once you trade those two players and you don't trade anybody else, you don't, one, you become over both both the heat well the heat would be over the luxury tax and you would have to sign a player to kind of replace those three players or two players you sent off so they're definitely gonna be over luxury tax if they make that deal with a couple players like caleb and deadman so i think personally if you're gonna make this trade i almost think it has to include duncan robinson don't you i kind of wonder why utah would want to take that unless they really like duncan or they believe duncan's a guy that they can kind of rehab and flip although that's typically what kind of rebuilding teams like to do so let's for the sake of fun let's put duncan in a trade because fans fans kind of want duncan out i know i'm a duncan guy uh so you know we have duncan outgoing and let's you know i think jovich is another guy that jovich would for sure have to be the piece that you sweeten in that deal yeah Absolutely. And then I you know I think the guy that might come back and return now from from Utah outside of Kelly would probably have to be personally I think it would be Jared Vanderbilt, which would be the other guy that they've been discussing um in terms of front court stuff. I think adding those two players for the two that Miami gives up 
would be enticing, but I still think you need to add a couple picks. Um, I think personally, you could probably do some second round picks and make this work. I think so for sure second trade. You could probably trade both second round picks. I think Miami would do that, and they be they walk away this um, you know this trade deadline happy. I, I don't would know if too, I would trade. I think- a, would you trade a fir- first round pick or a protected first round pick? Absolutely not. I, I think not not for not for role guys unless you feel like they're gonna make you uh championship good. So the reason why I like this for Miami is a you know you get off Duncan's money, which I think is a, a huge deal, and you do it without giving up a first. I think not that that's gonna help you down the line when Jimmy's supermax or near supermax attention kicks in. Yeah. And what you get in a guy in Olenek is a guy who you know can play with Bam, who can run dribble handoff offense who can do things like shoot threes, pick and pop. I think the pick and pop element is something that's kind of missed from Miami's game. And I think in in a world where they keep Kyle Lowry, I think kind of giving him a pick and pop big to play with is going to be big. If you think back to his days in Toronto, Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, even even guys like uh, Valanchunas kind of had a little mid-range pick and pop game. So I kind of think you want to add that dimension to your offense, a heat offense that has struggled. One of the worst offenses in the league went from one of the best shooting teams in the league to one of the worst shooting teams in the league. You had a guy in Olenek who can really help you. Duncan has just not kind of played great this year. And I I think a change of scenery would help him kind of play more free flow in an offense and not with so many ball dominant guys. So I like this deal for Miami. I I hope that something like this, if there's a construction, I could kind of see this Vanderbilt's a guy you know, Miami's kind of lacking in size and physicality. You know, Brian, they're they're one of the f- least foully teams in the league. They don't foul a lot, which is not like an Eric Spolstra thing. Yeah. Kind of Vanderbilt gives you a little bit of physicality, kind of helps you kind of get downhill too. So I, I kind of like that. Fills a need for another power forward. They've had none. They get two in this deal. Uh, kind of <laughs> gives a guy to play with in Bam and Olenek. Yeah. So I, I kind of like this for them. And uh, and it, and again, it, it offloads Duncan's money. I agree. Uh, I think chat um, really want. Go ahead. Who, what, what does chat want? Hold on. Before we go to the next trip, what does chat want? Because I've seen a lot well, of people say, that- hey, let's go after D'Angelo Russell. Let's go after Zach Levine. Let's go after Bradley Beal, which Bradley Beal's not even able to be extended on trade because he's on a Supermax contract. So that's not even possible, also- like even under the cap. I see AJ23 Rich saying getting Kelly back is kind of a sign of desperation, which I think that if you're a fan, I think this is this team. I, I think as presently constructed, barring a move like Ananobi, I don't think you're going to contend for a title. I think it's pretty clear that you know with the decline that Lowry's had, and really, I don't think you've had enough improvements around the roster from your younger role guys. I just don't really think that contending, you know, is a possibility if you just make kind of these fringe moves. This is just to kind of move a couple contracts to kind of grease their wheels for yes. next season, make the offense a little bit more watchable. And I understand chats are like, I, I've seen Olenek in Miami. You know, John Collins would be a better pickup. Collins has a really kind of devastating contract for them long-term in the 20s when Jimmy and Bam's extensions kick in. That becomes a little complicated for them. And, and I, here's I, as extension talk- kicks the next season too. Like they're already 15 million over luxury tax as is without adding pieces and re-signing any of the, any of the available free agents that they have next year. So like adding John so Collins' a- salary to that, Miami doesn't only pay luxury tax when they have a contender. Does John Collins make you a contender and make you want to pay the luxury tax even more than they already are, are set up to pay next season? I don't think they are. It's kind of it's kind of tough, Brian. And let's let's add so we have this construction with Utah. Let's add a team now 
that there have been some reporting. Greg Sylvander of Five Reasons Sports, along with Ethan Skolnick around Five Reasons Sports, have kind of talked about the Heat and the Celtics have talked about, about Grant Williams, a yes. guy who is a good 3 and D defender. He's a guy that you'd have to re-sign this offseason. So he, he'd be part of your long-term plans. Obviously, yeah. Boston might not want to extend him, and, and some of the talks out of there look like that might not yeah, be a possibility. He's a restricted free talks. agent. Yeah, so he's a restricted free agent. So Miami would have basically, you know, power to match any contract offer. And it's usually a lot easier to match, especially a guy like his. Like, he probably probably would make somewhere around the mid-level, like, exception. So I think from Miami, they probably see him as a starting player that they can probably get at a reasonable salary. That's obviously way cheaper than a guy like John Collins, who's making almost 20, 20 plus million a year. So personally, and he fits better with the team in in, in general. Like he, he switches, he can shoot, he obviously has some size. So I think if we want to make that deal, it probably needs to be a three-team deal, I think. Unless you just want to do a straight-up deal that's Deadman for Grant Williams, and then you throw and that would have pick. to involve a first round. That that is a yeah. first round pick kind of that that is a first round pick kind of guy. Or you trade Caleb Martin for him. Which that I think you also too. have to give a pick. It'd be Caleb. Any of these guys would be Caleb in a first to Boston, which I also have come. I also wonder how willing Boston would be to, to trade a guy to a rival. Now, I know Brooklyn traded Harden to the Sixers, who is not only a, an in-division rival, but, you know, yeah. uh, like a, a conference rival. I'm not so sure Boston would, would kind of lick their chops at that, but we know that they are talking. Um, I, that That's a construction that... I think makes sense for the heat. I don't know how realistic it is, but yeah, like, like we kind of talked about if we, if we go to the Celtics, um, you know, a guy like, as we said, Caleb, I think would, would make sense for them for a guy like Grant Williams who can shoot the ball. Well, who can defend, as you said, switch. I know that fans like Collins. I just, I just have questions on can Collins be what's, what's on the fascination the behind Collins? What is it? Is it just the athletic. athleticism? I think he, he, in theory, he can shoot, although he's not having a great shooting year this year. I think he's, he's an exciting athlete, which Miami, in, in fairness, they don't have a lot of athletes. I just, I, I wonder if he can defend at a high level in crunch time. I, I think he's a guy that you theoretically say, well, I think he could shoot some, and I think he can switch some, but I'm not yeah. sure if, I, I think we have a track record of that not being true. And I think if you're Miami, you want a wing at the four spot, not another kind of dive big who can shoot a little bit. Someone in chat says if they don't trade for Justice Winslow, I'm no longer a Heat fan. Jack Alfonso, six one eight. If they don't trade oh, for man. Justice Winslow, I'm no longer a Heat I, fan. I'm a Justice that, fan that, still. <laughs> that ship has long sailed, but I don't think Justice yeah. fits in their current construction without enough shooters. Um, <laughs> I, I do like this Grant Williams deal. Again, I, I find it unrealistic, and it's kind of complicated uh, for, for yeah. some teams. But I really you know, don't Bob, know why the Celtics want to trade him now. Like they could still move him as a sign trade piece in the offseason. Like they don't need to trade him this year. See what they can see how far they get and in this, you know, in the playoffs. And then if they need to move him, they can still move him. They have his bird rights, so they can sign and trade him to whatever team they would want. And if they want to match him, they can always match him and trade him later. Like it doesn't mean like they need to trade him this second. I know they don't want to extend him, but like if they want to match him and then trade him later, they can still do that. There's no rush for them to make it during this trade deadline. Let's, um, let's kind of entertain the audience a little bit, Brian. And I know we're going a, t- a touch off script. People really okay. want John Collins. So let's try to construct. Let's try to construct Fine. something. Fine. For let's Collins. do the tra- Who's the guy? So if we're doing let's- Collins, it has to be Duncan Robinson. Because you're going to get, you're going to trade for one bad contract. We got to send our bad contract with it. 
So, and so it's that, still not even going to be enough because mine would be over luxury tax bringing him in. So you have to send another piece out there. Who do you want to trade? Caleb? No, they're going to be in the luxury tax. They're going to be in the luxury tax. I, mean, I know, but I meant this is, season. So you can avoid the repeater tax after, you know, probably three seasons from now. So are, are you going to try to make this trade this season, stay under luxury tax, but then going forward, you have to accept the fact that you're going to be a luxury tax team probably for three straight yes. seasons. For sure. Oh, I, go back, I did something go back, that go back. I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Back, uh, back, I, back. I go back. The, hit the back area. Just hit back away. Okay, listen, we're back. <laughs> this, is a, okay. this is a live show, people. Production. Um, okay. Obviously, Miami's going to have to send a first uh, round Miami's pick. not trading a pick. No, Miami's not trading a pick in this deal. You're helping You're think, helping them out. I think you have to. I, I think Collins is the best player in the trade. It has trade. to be a second round I, pick then. It can't no, be a I first. Think, and I've seen I reports that their, their new general manager is more willing to trade John Collins for, some, for basically pieces that help their team, but doesn't have to be a first round pick like in the past. So like, if we're going to do this trade, we're doing switch, swap out your guy for my guy, and maybe Miami gives them an extra piece like, I don't know. Caleb. I mean, I guess you can help them. You can either do Caleb or you can do Dwayne Dedman. If you do Caleb, obviously it's under the impression that they're going to keep him for these next you know two, two, three years that he's under contract. Or if you do Dedman, you're helping them save salary um, going forward. I just don't so, really know how much I don't really know how, how worth it that is for Atlanta. I I, I think I think you gotta attack I, I think at, at minimum two seconds. Yeah. I mean, considering what Kyrie just went to. So I mean I, I think that's actually like a pretty I think that's a pretty desirable kind of deal. Um in a way this almost feels like the deal that um the Maz made with Washington, how they just swapped their back contracts for like the Burton straight last season for like Dwayne um, Dinwiddie. Well, actually, Dinwiddie is now good, but like at the time, Dinwiddie was looked at as if he had a bad contract. So, like to me, it's almost like can Miami like repurpose John Collins enough to then maybe because what could happen is you trade Duncan, who's not really an asset, get Collins, and maybe he becomes better on Miami where you can trade him for the next guy. I just don't really see what this does for Atlanta. Like I I I understand like fans want it. Like Duncan Duncan makes a little less. So yeah. I, I get it for like their oh, front office. Oh, Atlanta, I'm just looking at these Hawks fans on the chat. They're not happy about this. <laughs> yeah, Hawks fans aren't. And I, I'm, Brian, I think that that's like a thing. Like if if a fan, if two fan bases aren't like thrilled about something, or if only exactly. like one is really thrilled, I think it's I think it's a tougher deal than really to build a construction because now if you're talking about a first round pick, Miami might be like, ah, well, I don't love Collins that much, and I think that's kind of where a deal falls apart. I think if you're exactly. trading for Collins, I mean, you're in it for the long haul. And if I'm if I'm making that decision, I include a first round pick. But I I totally understand. Let's I, I think it's more of just trying to save save basically try to make an asset out of somebody that's not really an asset at the moment. So I don't know. I think the last trade we gotta do is Ke- Kevin Durant. Obviously, Chats this is super pie in the sky. It's probably never gonna happen. But let's entertain the thought because now that they've traded Kyrie Irving, they traded James Harden last um, last trade deadline. The only player that's left on there that wasn't that big three is Kevin Durant. And obviously we knew what happened during the uh, offseason this past summer where Miami was on his list of trade destinations. I mean, does that really matter? Probably not. But let's entertain the thought that Kevin Durant forces his way to Miami and that's the only place he wants to play or hold out, whatever he would have to do to throw a stink for the Nets. Because at this point, do you think they're going to win with, with the pieces that they got back in these last two deals they've made? I don't think so, I think- but... I mean, who knows? They'll be competitive, but, you know, if he asks out, that kind of changes things. So I yeah. guess any deal has to start with Kyle Lowry to, to get to Kevin yes. Durant's $44 million 
So yeah. as much as I love Kyle, this is this is Durant. Obviously, you trade every pick available. You call Correct. Sam Presti and say, what do I need to do? I need to go to your kid's birthday party and juggle for you to remove <laughs> protections. You you do whatever Sam Presti wants. You know, yeah. you, you give him the keys to the city. Mickey Harrison gives him a, a cruise ship. Whatever it takes to remove the protections you do to get the three first round picks that you can give for Durant. So you you do you start with Kyle. I Brian, how else do we get to that salary? Do you need to include Duncan Robinson? That might not be very attractive to the Nets. So no, actually, what Miami could do is they could actually help the Nets out instead of having them take because they're already over luxury tax by bajillion. They're basically dumb in the Nets. Um, the Nets and the Warriors are two teams paying the most in luxury tax right now. So what you could do is, hey, there is actually a way under the CBA that we can help you out and save some money in the luxury tax, yet still get a good player, at least this season. And then next season, you have to pay him um, what he's going to be worth. But you trade Tyler Hero. And I know Heat fans have been hearing the, in the headlines that, hey, Tyler Hero is like almost impossible to trade because he has a poison bill provision, which, which you can get into. But I feel like at this point... Go to hehoops.com. You can you can learn more about the poison provision there because it's we don't have enough time to talk about it on the stream. But just say for for this purpose, you can trade Tyler Hero, and what happens is his five point seven million salary that he's worth this season is actually worth twenty, I think over twenty five for the Nets in a trade. But it's only trade matching purposes. It doesn't actually get counted on their luxury tax. It's just, it's just for the sake of making the trade work um, because of the poison provision. They have to take in more salary. Um, and then what actually ends up happening is there's an offset, but in order to make that offset work, the Nets have to trade at least 42 million in salary back to Miami to make this work, which sure enough, Kevin Durant by himself makes 44 million. So this trade could actually work. The only thing that Miami would have to add to make this the bare minimum work is they have to add a player either like, um, Haywood Highsmith or Omer, Omer Yurtsevin. And that makes this trade go through. What about that Jovic? he's too much money, then 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 they the Nets would have to add an extra minimum player to make the numbers work because it's there's a very fine line between um between what Miami could send back and what the Nets could take in in order to make that Tyler Hero poison pro provision um you know work under the luxury not, not under luxury tax but under salary cap. So okay. yeah, if so we they, make that so trade you work, you throw in whatever picks you need, and you can do this trade. Obviously, for the Nets. They already have 15 players under contract, and those are three players you probably would want to keep. So there's another variation of this, of this deal that I think could make more sense. We can get into now if you like, but let's put the picks in first, and then we can we can talk about what would what I think could possibly work for both teams. So, so putting yeah, in all the putting picks, in the three picks to all three picks. Okay, uh, and now Omer, I think the, Tyler, Kyle. the player that Miami probably would have to trade to make this work still to make them salaries match. I think would be either Max Drews or Gabe Vincent. I think Max Drews would have to go because you need the point guard still if you're bringing in Kevin Durant. So say Max Drews so we goes. Need, so you need you need to send out one more player. Is what you're one saying. more player, and then we're gonna we're gonna get two players back from the Nets to make this work, so that they the, each team basically has enough um, roster spots to kind of make this work. So um, putting Kessler Edwards, he's on a minimum contract uh, for them. He's probably at the bottom because he's making really yep, cheap. Kessler Edwards. Uh, and then Coming put in T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren's on an expiring deal. Um, Jimmy Butler's best friend. Help. Yeah, I, I feel like that would be funny to bring him in, but it's just for sake. I think sake, Watanabe you, makes more sense. Uh, you can do Watanabe too. It, yeah, it doesn't matter do who Watanabe it is. Just so that Jimmy, Jimmy's, Jimmy's happy. All right, and then um, can you put the trade through and see what happens? <laughs> 
to show the listeners that there this is possible. Um, I think it's on the bottom. I don't know where it is. I haven't really played around with Facebook as much as I like. Yeah, I, uh, I think that's it, doesn't it? I think we got. I feel it. like chat. Should, Keep... Chat. How do you how do you make this trade? Oh, there you go at the top right. Try trade. Yeah. <laughs> Try trade. All right. Try trade. There we go. And success. We go. Woo. We are. And that's we how are a success. This basically proof that Tyler Hero can be traded in a con in a deal for Kevin Durant, and it's using his poison book vision. Those three first round picks. God help that Miami wins a title if they make this move because that literally is going all in, right? Yeah, that's going all in, and they, you know, they have, they have. That's that's the guy. That's the blue chip piece. I imagine <laughs> Miami gets out Wait, 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 hold on. This one guy is saying keep Max. DF, like, come on. Like, <laughs> at this Max. point, you have to give him whatever you can. Like, that's not even enough, I think, personally, for Miami to even get Kevin Durant. That's why it's a pie in the sky situation. But, like, I think Brooklyn laughs at you and hangs up the phone and says, You can keep your <laughs> but if, mid first round. If you're not making picks. this deal because of Max Drews, if that's, the, if that's what's not letting you get Kevin Durant, like, I mean, come on. What are we talking about? <laughs> Somebody needs to love Tyler Hero in Brooklyn. They need to, and, and from all reports, was, you know, when Durant requested a trade in the summer, they were not very interested in, in Tyler Hero. No, they the wanted Bam. only wanted Bam, which, to be honest, I understand. If you're trading Kevin Durant, you're asking for the best young player in return. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, Dweebro in chat says, I'd rather trade Martin over Struess. I think that's uh, – I, I, I wouldn't, but I understand. I mean, you're, you're up, you have to pay Max coming this, this offseason. So, you know, uh, BG says KD doesn't fit the Miami culture, only plays defense in the playoffs. Uh, Durant's been uh, – Durant's been one of the best defenders in the league this season. Durant's been every defensive metric kind of indicates that Durant is is a monster defensively. I test passes. He and Claxton yeah, have been the reason absolutely. why Brooklyn has been one of the top defenses. And Josh uh, Wareham says we just need some bigs and some shooting, but Durant would be amazing. And I agree. Yeah. And I think that's a great place for kind of us to wrap here. I think that at the end of the day, this Heat team is a lot closer than I think people. People give them credit for they were, you know, nobody wants to hear they were a shot away from the finals. But I think we see that when they play the best teams in the league, they have a good record. They win or they play them to the buzzer. I think we know that the loss of PJ Tucker, kind of the decline of Kyle Lowry and a lot of players playing out of position and regressing has kind of hurt this team in the macro. I think we know that Max is a better shooter than he is. The shooting especially. So I think, I think in all, if you just get a couple of the right pieces at a pretty high level, I think that you could start contending for titles pretty quickly, which is why we started with Ananobi. He's available. I think he's the most gettable guy who can change the trajectory of your team if you're Miami. Some of those other deals are, are smaller. Chat's talking about Levine. You know, they might want to keep him, and 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 that that becomes. I have no idea but. what Chicago's doing, to be honest. If they even want to entertain like blowing up, because it doesn't really make. I was listening to the low post. They were, they were basically saying that the Bulls don't even have any incentives to move these guys this season because if they tank, they 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 have a pick swap on their pick with the Magic, so it doesn't even help them. You're basically helping the Magic out if they tank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So listen, uh, a lot to happen the next weeks until Thursday. Uh, where the tread deadline is. Uh, I want to thank everybody who joined us today. I want to thank Bleacher Report for the opportunity. My co-host, Brian Goins. Check out Miami Heatbeat at MIA Heatbeat on Twitter. You can find us on any podcast platform. We stream on Twitch uh, almost every day, twitch.tv slash Miami Heatbeat, pre- and post-game shows, live pods, all that good stuff. We thank you all. Hopefully it's a fun trade deadline. Hopefully this team gets better and contends for the championships we know it can contend for. 
Although, wouldn't Kevin okay, Durant be the perfect front court partner next to Bam? <laughs> that is true. 